Okay, you ready to start? I am now ready. Okay, so, what's up guys? My name is Nicholas from Worldwide Motorsport, and joining me today is John Warren from JWF1. Hello. I am very pleased to tell you that hopefully this will be a new weekly or once every two weeks thing. I am starting a new podcast and this is the first episode of it. And JWF1 is my first guest on this podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get right into it. So, John, we've had a pretty strange start of the year. We had testing, then we went to Australia, and just before the weekend actually started, the teams were already going away because of COVID-19. Now we came finally back on track a few weeks ago. We had three Grand Prix now. The Hungarian Grand Prix was the last one a few days ago. Let's talk about the race. What did you think about it? Did you see it? The Hungarian Grand Prix, yes. I saw up to exactly halfway through, and then I watched uh, the last half uh, on catch-up because I had a drum exam, so I couldn't, unfortunately, watch it live. But from, from what I saw, that was... Um, it wasn't as good as the first two races, I'd say, but it was definitely yeah. it was definitely a very good way to start the season off. Yeah, I think my personal opinion is the first Grand Prix was the best. Yeah, of definitely. The three they've done until now. We see Mercedes going pretty well, Red Bull, and pretty much all the teams have been very close to each other, except for Ferrari. Ferrari has kind of had a a few bad Grand Prix. We saw already in testing they weren't looking very well. What do you think is the problem? Uh, well, I mean, for Ferrari, I'd definitely put it down to the strange engine goings-on that's been happening there. Um, it's kind of odd to me how the FIA asked them about their engine and then suddenly their engine's a lot worse. And, yeah... yeah. So, and the problem is they haven't really changed their car enough to suit the less powerful engine. Yeah, and it seems like we're panicking a lot now. I'm just seeing on, on the news, if anyone has been following, there, there are a lot of rumours of Mattia Binotto actually having to leave Ferrari. Um, because these two years, it, it hasn't been re- he hasn't really guided them winning I mean they've won a few Grand Prix last year but he hasn't really handled very well the strategies and uh, well Charles Leclerc and Sebastian Vettel keep colliding yeah I think um, he I know he was previously he was uh, the chief engineer or something at Ferrari and when he was in that position I think Ferrari were doing much better but um now because he's got the double role he's got to be the team principal and still is the chief engineer he's got to think about two things at once and I think that's where it's going wrong for him Bernie Ecclestone too said that being an engineer and team principal it's a bit of a problem you have they're both two huge responsibilities Um, so Ferrari hasn't and also the, the fact that they both got lapped uh, at the Hungarian Grand Prix 
it wasn't too bad of a result for Sebastian Vessel. He got fifth place, but um, Charles Leclerc got eleventh, and they both got lapped by Hamilton. I Hamilton lapped Sebastian Vettel, that's for sure. Uh, I'm not sure how how many people lapped them. Um, but that was really when things started to get even worse these last few days. Again, I've seen on the news, Mattia Binotto is risking his, his job there. Um, but let's move on for Ferrari. Another thing that's... Uh, made a lot of controversy about in Formula One is being racing points. Like Renault have been protesting them not one but twice. Yeah. Copying so, last year's Mercedes. What do you think? So I think um, I, I put this on my Twitter a couple of days ago. How I really don't think that copying the lead car is ever going to be a good idea because you can't beat the lead car by copying their car from last year. That's just not how it works. And Unless you copy yeah. last year's Ferrari. Unless you... Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Then you could definitely beat them. Um, but I think with the copying Mercedes thing, um, I think as, as far as the legality of it's concerned, I think it's perfectly fine. But um, in terms of the actual long-term prospects of it I don't think it's it's the right way to go personally I think they'd be much better off investing in like developing that car to be better than Mercedes on merit rather than just beat them by being them yeah because the thing is racing point is actually buying power units brakes gearboxes all this kind of stuff from Mercedes and this is even more suspect that Mercedes is there's sort of an exchange of plans and if this is true then both the teams or at least racing point they both risk getting fined a hundred million dollars that is uh, yeah that's quite a lot of money there um, that's, and disqualification yeah. from the constructors championship and that would really kill the team because I mean their budget I think was around $150 million and $100 million is much more than half of their budget plus disqualification from the Constructors' Championship means that they, if they actually go well like they are now they, they don't get the prize money in the end Yeah, which could really hurt them for future I mean, I know La uh, yeah. Lawrence Stroll is quite a, a rich guy but I don't think he's even he's got the money to save a team that's going to get fined £100 million for just cheating, yeah. essentially Yeah Even though Ross Braun has been saying that um, I can't remember really well. Like, I read this yesterday, I think. He says that there isn't really a problem in copying last year's cars because it actually has happened in the past. And I think it was in 2007 that McLaren actually stole projects from Ferrari. But this is more a collaboration with Mercedes. And he says that if there isn't any stealing of projects, then it should be fine, they just 
looked at the photos very well and copied what they could. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not. I'm honestly not really sure about that. Yeah, I think what um, what the most likely uh, thing that they could have done if they haven't stolen the plans is they've sent people pretending to just be photographers to the Mercedes garage to take pictures of every single angle of that Mercedes car and just kind of scrutinise everything and then their designers don't have to do as much work because they can see exactly what's going on so they can just say well we want this please and I although it's pretty legal I'm as far as I'm aware I don't think I don't think it's going to be successful for them yeah well at the moment as it's going they're going pretty well I mean in Hung at the Hungarian Grand Prix they actually did they locked up the second row and it was uh, first, second, third, and fourth places for the Mercedes power unit. Yeah. And the thing is, they've been saying that as Racing Point have got the Mercedes power unit, it's they they've tried to excuse themselves by saying that they it's kind of you have to adapt the car to the power unit, so you need that kind of downforce and setups so they that they had to go for the option of last year's Mercedes because otherwise it wouldn't have suited the power unit. What do you think? Well personally I, I see there there is some sense in that argument. Um, yeah. For instance if you've got a Honda power unit, although Honda don't make um, F1 cars, they would have probably told Red Bull and Alpha Tauri that their uh, power units need this sort of chassis setup and this amount of radiators and whatever. So, to a certain extent, I see where Racing Point are trying to go with this. But, I mean, you have had teams be very successful using, like, different teams' power units, but completely different aero packages. So, for instance, McLaren, uh, when they were running with Mercedes, uh, and, and even when they were running with um, uh, Renault, uh, they were... They were running a, a completely different chassis design to the teams they were buying engines from, and still able to compete, if not beat them. So I, yeah. um, there is, although there is a bit of uh, truth to that argument, I don't think that's the entire yeah. reason. Yeah, because I mean, the, the new Mercedes car, it, it's not exactly the same as last year's car they've changed some stuff which proves that there is other stuff you can do to the chassis to use that power unit at the maximum yeah um but let, now let's go a, a bit further back in time to the first grand prix we had loads of cars retiring loads of safety cars and we know you're a Lando fan, right? Yeah, we yeah, that's uh, that's safe what, to say. What, how did you react to the podium? Well, I mean, I I had to be somewhat quiet, but I was up off the sofa um, doing some silent cheering because I up until the last minute it was over five seconds, and then just yeah. as he went round the last corner, it dropped below five seconds, and yeah, then that well, was just that last that was amazing. lap was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and do you think I've I've made a video about this? Do you think the Hamilton penalty was right or 
was it okay? Do you think it was just a race incident? What do you think? Um. Well, personally, um, I having looked at the replays, it did look like Hamilton had quite a lot of understeer as he was going into that corner. But uh, in that same sense, he should have um, slowed down if he knew he was going to steer directly into Albon. Um, so I think it's fair to give him a penalty because that I don't think it's Albon's fault at all. But to a certain extent, it wasn't Lewis's either. Um, but I'd say just because he did um, cause Albon quite a lot of trouble and he would have still walked away with a podium, I think it's fair to give him a po uh, penalty at least, just so that both drivers are punished. Yeah, and then it, it's the same thing happened to Albon three times. The first time in Brazil in 2019, Hamilton took him out. The second time in the Spirit first Grand Prix. And the third time, this one time it wasn't actually Hamilton, and it didn't actually evolve that he spins and stuff, but he risked doing the same thing with Sergio Perez at the steering Grand Prix. Yeah, well, I do, I do respect the uh, the dedication he's got there. That he isn't just gonna because of one incident, he's not gonna change his driving style. But um, I've got to say there is a definite theme here with him being able to go around the outside and get it almost done. Yeah. But I don't. I don't think he's got enough awareness of where his back wheels are, because yeah. um, it. I don't think it's entirely coincidence that um, the three cars on three separate occasions have steered into him while he was going around the outside. So yeah. I think that is definitely something he should look at in his driving style. But I think the first two with Hamilton were mostly Hamilton's fault and so the penalties were both deserved there. Yeah. Well luckily with Sergio Perez it didn't actually happen but they went very close. Mm. Um, so, next question. The last few days, week, we've, so we know that Sebastian Vettel is leaving Ferrari and we don't know yet if he's going to stay in Formula 1 or if he's going to leave Formula 1 and maybe take a break, like Fernando Alonso, which we'll talk about later. Um, do you, there's been rumours about him moving to next year's Aston Martin, the racing point we were talking about. What do you think? So, with him going to Aston Martin, uh, replacing Sergio Perez I don't think is the best move for Aston Martin because I think Vettel's salary is $30 million per year and Perez's is under 10 so... I think it's actually $40 million or wow. something like but that. Yeah, it's, um, it's quite even, a lot. For a, a small team, I think having to pay that much for a salary isn't really the right move, especially when you've got a driver as capable as Sergio Perez will be in any car as he's proved he's got yeah. multiple podiums and he's never really driven for a top team so he's clearly got the talent and with Vettel it doesn't look like he's in great form so I don't know it's kind of you you could say that it might be a turning point for Vettel but in uh, an equal uh, way of saying it uh, it could be a reason why Aston Martin won't do too well the next season. So I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens with the deal. And if Vettel does end up going to Aston Martin, then let's just hope it goes well for him. 
Yeah. I actually think it's quite a smart idea him going to Aston Martin because, as we've seen, if things go like they're going now, Racing Point has got a great car. And if it turns out that they aren't guilty of stealing projects from Mercedes, then they've got the same car next year in 2021 because they've freezed the regulations. So next year's cars are going to be pretty much the same as last year's. There are going to be some minor changes, but the performance would pretty much be the same as this year's. Which means that right now, the racing point is better than the Ferrari, so it would be a pretty smart decision for him. And plus, if racing point does continue like this, I think it's third third position in the standings. Uh, At the moment, yeah. Championship. I'm not really sure. If it continues like that, we're going to get pretty a pretty high number for prize money, which means that they might even afford Vettel. But the thing is, Sergio Perez would be the obvious decision to leave for Sebastian Vettel. But the thing is, Sergio Perez does bring in quite a lot of sponsorship money. I think he brings in something like $40 million, which is quite a lot. Um, But I was just reading this post on Instagram uh, a few minutes before this podcast of Sergio Perez actually saying that if it were for Sebastian Vettel coming to Aston Martin then there is the choice of leaving Lance Stroll but Sergio Perez said himself he's a father he he wouldn't dump his kid out of his team so he would he would be the obvious decision to leave for Sebastian Vettel yeah. we'll see how it evolves but now let's move on to another team Renault the Renault 2021 lineup who do you think we've just known that Fernando Alonso would be uh, would be substituting Daniel Ricciardo at Renault for 2021 and just this year Esteban Ocon has come back and right now he he's been battling with Daniel Ricciardo but it hasn't he hasn't really proved himself as the first driver next year who do you think would be number one in between Ocon and well, Alonso? Well, I think for me it's it's obviously going to be Alonso who's going to take the top driver place in that Renault team because obviously he's a he's a much more experienced driver and even after coming from a year off uh, from two years off even sorry, um, I think he'll still be in amazing form and he will easily be getting much better results than Ocon. So I think what Renault will want from Ocon is just a capable second driver who isn't going to get in the way of Fernando Alonso, um, who is obviously going to be their star driver, so they want him to look good in that team. And if um, I think there'll be a fair amount of team orders in play the, for next year. So maybe if, um, if Ocon is in front of Alonso, uh, they might say, well, Alonso is faster than you. 
please confirm you understand this message. And um, I think this could it could hurt Ocon's chances. We've seen that message. We've seen that message. He is faster than mm-hmm. you quite a few yeah. times last year. Yeah, I, I feel sorry for Ocon in a way that yeah. he's. Yeah, because I think he's a really good driver, and if he was in a top team like Mercedes, he would manage. I don't know, maybe to win a championship. Um, I'm not really sure about that, but I think he's got great potential. And who knows, maybe Fernando Alonso would be number one, just like Charles Leclerc in Ferrari last year. But he proves himself so well that he becomes number one after half a year. Just like the thing in between Charles Leclerc and Sebastian Vettel. Yeah, well, I mean, it would be nice to see that. But... Yeah. So Renault decided to go for old and not for youth. But we've seen Ferrari last year go for youth with Charles Leclerc, and that turned out, as we were saying, that turned out really well. Do you think Renault should have gone for youth? And if they should have gone for youth, who do you think... Well, for me, uh, Renault going for youth, it would have definitely been for their driver academy. So it would have been between Guan Yu Zhou or Christian Lundgaard. I think they're the two most capable drivers in their academy. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, and they're even the only drivers with enough super license points to get. Yeah, and I think that, that would have been the problem, actually, because... I don't think either of them have enough, but it's almost guaranteed that they will have enough by the end of the season. But at the moment, they uh, they don't have enough. Um, but obviously, for Fernando Alonso, he's obviously got way more super license points than he needs. So he's a safe bet, even if it is just for one or two seasons. While the other two drivers are, yeah. pre- are like gathering those super license points, I think Alonso will be fine to go for just for that small period of time but long term obviously Alonso is aging um, so there will come a point where he's not fit to do any more racing and I think at that point uh, anyone from the Renault Driver Academy will be able to take that uh, take that seat and that would be nice to see because Renault famously ignored their Driver Academy over the past few years yeah it's actually quite useless, it seems. Um, we had Jack Aitken uh, last year, but it, well, he had to move to uh, Williams Driver Academy, Mercedes Driver Academy, because well, the Renault Driver Academy just wasn't going so well. And in between the two, Granny Joe and Christian Lungard, I think I would go for Christian Lungard. Because when Yuzo is more experienced, this is his second year in Formula 2, but Christian Lingard has just started his first season in Formula 2, and he's really proven himself. I think he's got a win already. He, he's going very well anyway. Um, so, personally, I would even go with Christian Lingard over Fernando Alonso, because... 
he is a great driver. He won two world championships, but that was in the year 2000s. Now the Formula One cars has really changed. Um, so I think he wouldn't find himself as well as he did with Renault in the year 2000. Um, so honestly, I think uh, Renault should have gone for youth, uh, but they went for Fernando Alonso. We'll see how that will go. Let's move on to the last question. So. It's been quite a while since the news of Carlos Sainz moving to Ferrari for 2021. And Ferrari haven't been going very well in the past couple of months. Do you think Carlos regrets his um, decision? Well, I mean, if I was in Carlos Sainz's position at the moment, I'd be, uh, I'd be questioning my decision to go to Ferrari. Um, I think he would still have some confidence in his decision because as you, as we saw from last week it looks like ferrari have got a little bit of pace back obviously they're not no they're nowhere near the pace of the top teams but at hungary they did beat mclaren um so maybe maybe it's a positive move for carlos but thinking long term it could be a really good move because even though ferrari aren't in great form at the moment uh, what this could mean for Ferrari is that Carlos Sainz helps them get up to some better form because as we saw last year with McLaren, McLaren weren't in fantastic form the previous year but Carlos Sainz, obviously part of Lando Norris, uh, they helped to bring that team back up to where it sort of should be. So maybe Carlos Sainz and Ferrari yeah. could both get quite a lot out of this deal and I, I hope they do because that would be really good to see. Yeah, I think that, well, at first I was really upset of the fact, well, I was a bit upset and happy at the same time because, I've, as I've said many times, I am a Ferrari fan, but I absolutely loved the Lando Norris-Carlos Sainz pairing at, at McLaren and it proved to be a great decision, but... Ferrari this year hasn't been going well, but as we've seen in the past, Ferrari is, well, the greatest team in Formula 1 because it's been there since the start and it's won the most championships and stuff of all the teams in Formula 1. And there have been some years that they weren't going very well, but they've always made it let's say at the end of the championship both the drivers or at least one of them were in the top 10 and correct me if I'm wrong and um, after a year they, they get back up and start winning again because I mean it's Ferrari they have a massive budget even if this year it has gone down quite a bit and they're just there from the start so it's not like they can leave that would destroy Formula 1 so I think it was actually a good choice because well Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc I think they will go pretty well as teammates and I think next year Ferrari will be back on top and hopefully Charles Leclerc 
all colours science will manage to get some wins and maybe even win constructors or drivers championship. I don't think both, but maybe one of them they can manage. Mm. I yeah, don't know. Well, hopefully. hopefully. What do you think? Do you think... Yeah. Alright then, that's, that's it for the first episode of Formula One Podcast. Thank you so much, JWF1, right. for right. being here. Hopefully I managed to continue this series. And a like and a, sub, and a sub would really help to do so. Thanks for watching. I will see you in the next one.